Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And this is episode 21. And it's theoretically our first birthday. Hooray! Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. We accept cake. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cake's always welcome. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously our end of year wrap-up uh, episode that we're doing. And we are going to start off with a, a look back over the year and pick some highlights. Yeah, because it's been a whole load of fencing, obviously. Six weapons, five World Cups, three Grand Prix, Zonal Championships, World Championships, Junior World Championships. uh, Tons and tons and tons of fencing. So uh, we set ourselves the the obviously simple task of picking out our our favourite fights at uh, each weapon for the season. Yeah. uh, Just to to have a look back at all the stuff that we covered this year. Somewhat hilarious. I thought we were going to pick our top fight, which made it really difficult for me. But I think we're going to have a bit more chat than that. Yeah. We're going to make a start. Uh, we're going to start with a bit of a rant, I think. Go for it, Gav. It's, it's, if it's going to be a rant, it's going to be you, isn't it? Yep. Uh, I get to guess what it's about. Uh, let's start with women's epi. <laughs> Go on, then. I have refused to pick a highlight of women's epi this year. It's been <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> a weapon with no highlights out of the hundreds and hundreds of fights. Well, the first one that we watched way, way, way back at the beginning of the year, Doha, was it not? Uh, there must have been a World Cup or two before then. Oh, the first one I remember was Doha. Anyway, that that one was Doha okay. was the first Grand Prix. Ah, right. So Doha was the first Grand Prix, and that was half decent. There was some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But because I was refreshing my memory and the rest of it, which I've dipped in and out of all year, yep. I've been reminded of how dreadful Women's Epi was this year. <laughs> so, Gav, you're looking to instantly alienate, what, one-sixth of our audience? Well, there's not very many of them. But no disrespect to the to the our lady Epius out there in the crowd. Uh, really? I, well, I, I don't think it's all their fault. Okay. So I've been giving this some thought. I want to blame their coaches. Right. Because I think it's a cultural problem. Right. So just in case you hadn't insulted the fencers, you thought you would chip in and have a go at the coaches as well. Yeah, well, they, they can come and have a go at me if they want. But <laughs> they fr- might. Frankly, it's, it's, it's boring, right? I've watched a ton of extra women's epi to prep for this uh, this episode and uh, the vast majority of it made my eyes bleed. It was just, it was awful. I don't know how to describe it. It's like watching Epi from 20-odd years ago. It's just a lot of standing around, sort of poking at each other, take a step forward, take a poke at each other. Maybe not even take a step forward, maybe just stand there for a bit and wheel it on to the next one. Far more than in the men's Epi, because usually at least something happened before they make a decision to do that. Uh, And in this case... Uh, I've noticed something about the women's epi fights mm-hmm. when you compare them to the men's epi. Men's epi takes about 15 minutes per bout. Roughly, yeah. Yep. Women's epi seems to take about 20. Uh, Five okay. minutes longer. Yep. So it, so it, but it feels so all a lot extra fencing for your money. Well, well something no. has to happen first. Ah. I don't understand quite why these, these bouts are taking so long. But I think the state women's epi is in, is in now reminds me very much of how women's foil was. Not that long ago. Yeah, a couple of years I, ago, Justin. Yeah, when I refused to watch it because there was literally nothing ever happening and I just couldn't be bothered with it anymore. And I think that the, I think what's happening at the moment is something's happened to essentially kill off women's epi and they need to get over that and rediscover themselves. Which I, We'll talk about this a little bit in Women's Foil, I think, because I think Women's Foil's turned that corner mm-hmm. and is great again. But I think Women's Epi needs to... Someone needs to break the stalemate now. And I think at the moment there's a, a large array of epis out there in the women's game, who are a bit passive, a bit negative in their yeah. fencing. And again, I don't, I, blame, fair. I don't blame the EPS necessarily, but I do blame the coaches, because it's the coaches that are setting the environment for them here. 
Okay. It's, it's coaches that are setting up their game plan, well, helping them set their game plan and, and their approach to it. You know, we're not going out of our way here to find, you know, fences who don't want to move around and don't want to attack. We're not doing that. So they are doing that. It's not what we want, though. We want them to actually interact. Yeah, go and make things happen. Yeah. And I'm not seeing a lot of that. Now, this could just be a bad year. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. But I used Post, to. Post Olympic year, it's always a bit of a. Strange one. A bit of a transitional one. People finding their feet and yeah. sort of sorting out their place in the world. There's, I mean, there's a few people that I've noticed that I'm not seeing as much of. I mean, we've got, um, uh, Sass is still out there and she does have an attacking style when she needs to use it. Yep. And there's a couple of others that are floating around. But the ones that I'm sort of missing at the moment are the Romanians. He's still quite watching the, the Romanians' fence because the four women's episodes are quite aggressive. And like to get in about their opponents, but I just don't remember seeing them very much this year at They've all. They've not been around much, if if at all, and I'm not sure why. Whether that's a, yeah. whether that's retirements following the Olympics, or having a year off, or Romanian fencing has run out of money, which always seems to be a possibility. But yeah, the uh, Romanians have been largely conspicuous by their absence, really, certainly mm-hmm. at the top end of things. Yeah, so it is a bit of a strange one. So it feels very flat, like there's something missing at the moment. And I think what we need to do here is have a little bit of a turnover. And then someone new has to come in and sort of shake things up. Okay. So anyway, I, I just I couldn't pick a highlight because so we, honestly, <laughs> so we started off our highlight show with a with a, a no highlights. Well, I'm sure you've got something else to say about that. I'm sure you have some highlights, whereas I just could not be bothered with it after a while. And I am an epiest. I love epi. Yeah. So hiding it well. Tell me, tell me, Sean, what highlights do you have? Well, what I've done for for each weapon is I I kind of came up with a. A short list of, of fights that I really enjoyed of the hundreds in each weapon that that happened, and I will to some degree agree with you that making a an exciting short list for women's epi wasn't as easy as it was for the other weapons. However, there was a there was a few that I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed. You, you mentioned Olympic champion Zaskovac mm-hmm. already as someone who who can be exciting at times. Yep. I must admit, I thought her. Her win in the final of, of Bogota against Vivian Kong of Hong Kong was a, a really good fight. Okay. Not, you know, not rampantly full of action, not charging mm-hmm. up and down, but, um, smart, varied, interesting fencing. I, right. I, I really enjoyed that. Okay. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't fireworks, but. Okay. Uh, I did, I did watch a, a really that. really good fight. I did watch that one and, uh, for this, but I wasn't quite as impressed as you were. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. Right. But obviously you become a big fan of Japanese men's epi yeah. over, over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but a fight that I, that I almost stumbled across because it was slightly earlier in the competition. Most of the ones that I've picked out as my, my highlights or who've made the shortlist of each weapon have been semi-finals or finals. But this was actually a quarter-final match. Budapest Grand Prix. Shimakawa of Japan beating Melissa Goram of France. And that was precisely the sort of active, intelligent, making things happen type of epi that, that you seem to be looking for. Oh, I think I do recall this one that you mentioned it. Yeah. So maybe I could have picked that one out. You could have done it, but again, out of the hundreds of fights, and if it doesn't yeah. immediately spring to mind, you, you might have missed it. But I, I thought that was a great example of the kind of women's epi that we would like to see. Yeah. Uh, but I think ultimately the highlight for, for women's epi was early on in the season, and at that point I was really quite encouraged that we were going to see some tremendous women's epi throughout the season, uh, and that was at, at the Doha Grand Prix. Yep. Sarah Bezbez uh, winning the final against Kolobova, Russia. That's right, we talked about that. Yeah. That's right. Aggressive, exciting, committed fencing from Bez Bez to to run out a very comfortable winner with a with a fifteen eight win. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. And at that point in the season, early on, I thought this is great. I'd love to see much more of this. And at that point, I think Bez Bez had become world number one as well. Yeah. So I thought, you know, here's a. Well, we talked a lot about that at the yeah, time. I remember an exciting attacking women's APS that perhaps might go on to 
produce more of the same for the rest of the season, which sadly she didn't really do. I mean, her season kind of tailed off after that, and she's kind of steadily dropped down the rankings and hasn't gone close to no. win again no. since then. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that for me, was the, the highlight of the women's epi season. Yeah, but it was a year ago. Not quite. It was months yeah, ago. It was months ago. It's quite a while yeah. ago, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I agree, the women's epi scene hasn't had the same sort of attraction that most of the other weapons have had for me. I, I would yeah. agree with you, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know it sounds pretty harsh, but I set my stall out. You know, I am an epi coach. So if there's any sort of youngish uh, epis you're looking to take on a coach and uh, who wants them to actually go out there and bash their opponents in, <laughs> uh, then I am available. My rates are reasonable, but uh, uh, I think it's time. I think it's time is for the epi crew to try something a bit different. Okay. And I don't think here's the thing. I, I don't think at all that the epis, the lady epis, are actually incapable of this at all. I really don't think that's true. It's, there's nothing different. I mean, you look at the women's saber and you look at women's foil, and it's an aggressive, it's, it's dynamic, it's athletic, it's all the things you want to see. Mm-hmm. But that's just for whatever reason, it's just tailed off and disappeared. Not in happening at the moment in women's epic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even in the we were at the world championships and even watching that. Remember, it wasn't wasn't a great experience there. So, well, I must admit, I, I was slightly distracted because you'd cleared off home by the time the women's epi happened. Yeah. So I was kind of frantically trying to record little snippets of, of stuff about the men's foil. So I yeah. didn't actually see a whole load of women's epi, yeah. even at the World Championships. So I did apologise for quite a bit at the time. Yeah. But, uh, so listeners, am I right? I mean, write into us and let us know. Uh, yeah, I'm quite right, happy right to hear defend, from you. defend women's epi and yeah. say, no, it's been great. Yeah. Great. And I, you've missed all these fantastic fights. I double dare you. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's see what we get. So anyway, we started started off with well, a comparative downer, women's EP. Yep. Uh, Gav's deeply unhappy with it, and uh, I must admit, my my highlights. I wasn't excited by the highlights mm. in women's EP, probably with the exception of that best best win in, in Doha. Yeah. To be fair, I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah, it was so, a good one. So yeah. bring yourself back in, in love with a little bit with women's EP. Yeah. I'll, I'll rewatch it. That one. It yeah. can be a joy. Anyway, next okay. up, yeah, men's EP. Ah, uh, now this was a great year. So by comparison, I think men's FA's had a fantastic year. I think it's been great. It's been at the top. We're having an odd year, obviously, because it's after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And the winners have, have changed a lot. There's been different winners at every event. And very few, very little consistency apart from our man Yannick. Yeah. Uh, he's been the sort of one consistent thread throughout the entire year. He's never quite won, apart from a couple of times. But he's, he's always well, been there. Well, he, he won the European Championships. But that was his only win That's in the right. course of the season. But but he was always there. He's yeah, always, always, there, always close. Well. Apart from, of course, at the World Championships where he bombed out. But it's, you can't win everything, can you? So yeah. It's been great. Not only that, but I've, I've discovered uh, what can we call joyful fencing from uh, Korea and Japan. It's been an absolute... My eyes have been open to... There's a new world out there for me now. Yeah. And it, it's in Southeast Asian epi. I just love everything about the Koreans. It was the Koreans that really sort of I felt really energised by at the start of the year, obviously with Park winning in the Olympics, but they're really aggressive, they're really active, they're really athletic, they work hard, they train hard, everything about, I just love everything about their game. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of in the third way, a third of the way into the season, I discovered Japanese fencing, which yeah. is kind of like Korean, but slightly different. You know, they still have the same work ethic. There's more There's more variation, I think, in the in the Japanese one where you've got yeah, I'd agree. I mean, more, more variety in the sort of physique of the fencers and their yeah. style and there's a lot of personality to them yeah. as well. There's yeah, a lot of personality to the Japanese ones. So I mean, obviously, I'm a, I've become a bit of a fan of Yama. He's obviously not one of the top epics, but I, I just love... Yeah, I mean, not, not, not yet, but he's... He's, he's, he's there, he's on the route. Yeah. He's, he's going to be eventually at one point, I think. If he sticks at it, I think he will. 
Uh, there's all these cheeky, chappy, Japanese kind of attitude to everything. You like uh, that? Yeah. I do love that. Love the fact that Kokikano is the size of a nine-year-old. <laughs> no, I love all these sorts of things. <laughs> it's quite a big great. nine-year-old, to be fair. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, these are great guys, and I just really love them watching them. On top of that, you've just got loads of other great fencers, and the Vojilov love is still around. Yeah, it's just been great, and I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really struggled to pick my top highlights. I was going to go for some bouts in Paris, but I'm not as happy about recommending the video streams there. Ah, uh, the, the utterly joyless daily motion. motion. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible and it's hard to find your way around. But there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, uh, it's, it's, that I was mean, a great tournament. The French Federation used that for for their live streaming and mm-hmm. um, obviously stuff that you can go back and watch afterwards. So it's a bit of a struggle to find your way around, but there's a whole lot of quality yeah. fencing from Paris Paris Men's AP, Orléans Women's Saber, and Paris Men's Foil. So oh, it's it's absolutely stuff in there. I mean, that's the Kokikano run, is it, Paris? Yeah. Yama's, we were talking about this earlier, the Yama, the fight I was going to pick out, which really opened my eyes to Yama, was actually in Paris. Right. Uh, and I think it's his 128 fight. Well, I, started, <laughs> I turned on I turned on my, my monitor and I saw the most beautiful counterattack I think I've seen in my life. I nearly cried. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so I was going to pick lots of that. As a, but I've actually ended up going for, and I'm just going to pick the final of uh, Budapest. Okay. Uh, because it, it ticks all of my boxes because... It's Monobe of Japan versus uh, uh, Jinsen Jung of Korea. Right. So it's, oh, oh I love it. Yeah. So it's great. It's, it's, it's actually quite a Korean final. final, yeah. It's made it's a, for you. Yeah, it's a bit slow at the start, but it really picks up towards the end. But actually, there's there's loads of good fights in the, it, it, just in the run. In this one event, there's loads of good fights. Yannick Burrell versus uh, Jung in the last eight mm-hmm. is a fantastic. It's a, it just, just gets edged out at the end. That's another good one as well there. So... That is the one I'm going to pick out, just because it tops off a great tournament, I think. I spent the whole day doing nothing but watching Epi on, on the computer at yeah. that time. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. What about you, Sean? Yeah, again, lots, lots to choose from in this one. And again, I'm, I, I've am i got one fencer that appeared that you know, I, I came trying try to make a short list of about three fights in each weapon. And the fencer that appears twice in this, but losing both times, is Novozhlov. Oh, he's great, uh, though. Yeah. Because he makes things happen. Yeah. No matter who he's fencing, is uh, forced to... To engage in that because he gives them no peace. Yeah. So the the, the two fights that I've, two of the three fights that I've picked out are fights that he ends up losing. But I'm a huge admirer of him because of the way that he fences and he makes he's a quality fencer. He makes stuff quality makes fencer. stuff go. So the, the first couple that were that were on my short list that that don't end up winning is final of the world championships. Yeah, yeah, against one. That I thought that mm-hmm. was a, a tremendous fight. Pablo Pizzo's a tremendously engaging character, clearly a bit nutty, and he follows us on Instagram as well now. Oh, really? oh, um, so like that, that makes him that makes him extra interesting for yeah. for us. And, and it was great to see him winning a winning the world championships again, sort of six years, I think it was after the That's right, yeah. since the last time he won it, and a, a really thoroughly enjoyable final, high quality, varied tactical switches. That's a good choice. I think thoroughly enjoyed that. Doesn't doesn't get the win though for me for the, right. the main Zepi highlight. One that doesn't feature Novoselov. Mm-hmm. So the other one that made the short list was Marco Fischera, again, a fencer that we've he's really kind of come to the fore this season. Mm-hmm. His his win in, in Paris against against Borel, you know, big big French crowd making a lot of noise, oh, yeah. getting behind their man. And Fischera is the, the coolest man in the world there. Yeah. Take the win with a with a fifteen twelve. But the one that for me I thought was the, the best fight because it features a Korean. Uh-huh. And again, it feature, features Novozhilov, was the semi-final, actually, in, in Doha. Where, oh, that is a good one. Yeah, no, no. Where, where Quion edges out Novozhilov with a, with a 15-13, and Novozhilov's chasing him down. And, you know, you felt the, the fight had just gone, let's say, for another, be good at 20 hits, Novozhilov would just about have got yeah, there. Yeah, because he, he falls behind, and then he just starts to... 
come yeah. back into it, come back into Edging it. He's and not he's giving... just like, oh, he just, is he, he going to get there? Is he going to yeah. get there before the finish? And uh, Quion eventually takes the win and goes on to win the tournament under tricky conditions because he picked up an injury in that semi-final against against Novozhlov and he That's really right. struggled in the final but again had to uh-huh. had to adapt and change to cope with his injury so that that was a great I thought, I thought Doha was a really good men's epi tournament but that, that semi-final fight between Quirin and Novozhlov was my men's epi highlight for the season That's I a good choice That's another good choice so. And it makes you happy because it's a it's a Korean that it's wins Korean. It. Koreans are amazing yeah. I'm definitely watching them next year they're on my list of uh, must-watches so that's that's Epi done with a bit, bit of contrast there between the women's and the men's. Uh, men's Epi has had a great year, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any doubting about that. So let's go on to a subject which I, I know more about than I did at the start of the year, but I still feel a little bit uncomfortable picking up. I do have, I do have some uh, some stuff to talk about, but this is women's saber. Okay. Okay. So well, hit me with it then. Well, my my, my women's saber bout was in the world championships, and it was Azabez Bez winning in the last eight. From 8 0 down. Oh no, semi final. Oh, sorry, semi final. Yeah, semi final right. against uh, Irene Vecchi. Yeah, uh, from 8 0 down and then to absolutely cream her opponent and go on to bed. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it that was. It never incredible. happens. Yeah. Uh, the, the sort of change in the atmosphere in the crowd, you know, that gets to 8 0 at, at the first minute's breaking. Like, yeah. oh, this is painful, you know, please please try and score some hits in the in the second half yeah. and gradually works her way back into it eventually. So, yeah, it was a, a tremendous fight yeah. and that's on my short list as well. I must and, and the crowd just went mad. For yeah, that. I was great. I absolutely loved it. I watched a few other bouts. I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. There was a few others uh, that I quite liked throughout the year, but again, I've not watched it enough throughout the year to really be confident in picking out the good stuff, which I'm going to talk about again in a minute when we talk about men's saber. But yeah, so what did you pick? Well, that that was on my short list as well, I must admit. Not necessarily for the quality of the fencing. I don't think it was the best in terms of the variety and tactical changes and so on that you saw in some of the other fights, mm-hmm. but a sheer entertainment is a, is a massive comeback. Yeah, it's hard to fault that, isn't it? It's, it's uh, like a movie. It's a movie and yeah. fun fight. <laughs> you know? it's, it's the Karate a, Kid. You know? It's the Karate Kid, or or yeah. one of the one of the early Rocky movies. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was, it was yeah. tremendous entertainment. Other one that had my my shortlist of three was from the Cancun Grand Prix. It was the last eight fight actually featuring two of the two of the fences that John Salfield mentioned at the beginning of the season as mm-hmm. ones to keep our eye on, who have in turn gone on to become sort of stars in, in women's sabre. And it was the, the match between Anna Martin of Hungary against Manon Bruni of France in the last eight at Cancun, which is a 15-14 win for, uh, for Anna Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was a really good fight. And again, showcased two, two really exciting talents that have, you know, stepped up right to the very top of the rankings, uh, this season. I thoroughly enjoyed that. But my eventual highlight for women's sabre was again another semi-final I've, I've not included actually any finals in the women's saber a lot right. of the interesting stuff has been happening earlier on but this was Olga Karlan's return to action yeah. and her semi-final against Olympic champion Yana Igorian yeah it was and amazing a, and a, a f- 15-12 win there having having missed most of the season mm-hmm. come back take a win beat the Olympic champion makes this game look easy <laughs> all you kids that have been sort of uh, taking up the time at the World Cups yeah. and, and grown pleased while I've been away yeah, forget about that. I'm back now. Exactly. You and then, pat of course, the head, off you go. Yeah, exactly. And then goes on to win the World Championships as well to yeah. round off the season. So, brilliant to see sort of one of the, the, the kind of established stars and, re- and really now actually the mm. only one who was, who, who's going from, from the previous season. So if you like, you've lost, you've lost Velikaya. Mariel Skunis was kind of back briefly, but now, now he must be quite heavily pregnant and, and out of action as a result. Yeah. So to see, see Carlan back and back and dominant again. Uh, was was great, and that that for me was the uh, the very best of her of her return to action. Yeah. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. 
So I had a bit of a rant about women's epi, right? But women's saber is genuinely exciting. Yeah, and in some ways, I, in some ways, it's better than the men's. In fact, because I think they have a there's a there's more scope for a wider range of actions. I think. Yeah, because yeah. there's because the women's saber is generally less power. Yeah, it means that that can't alone be what. I mean, even the men's that's unfair on the men's actually. Power alone is not going to take you to the top, but it no. is it is a to a large degree a power dominated sport. Speed yeah. and power will mm-hmm. take you a very long way. Yeah. in in men's saber. Got to ally it with you know mm. good technique and, and yeah, just some yeah, tactics, obviously. But as a as a spectator, mm-hmm. that's kind of for for a lot of the fencers the the quality that stands out. Whereas in the women, there's more variety because they can't they can't rely on it. None yeah. of, none of the women's sabras are going to produce any, no. like, anything like the same power and speed that the men do, no. which makes it a much more varied and tactical and yeah. and interesting interesting sport. Yeah. I think. I mean, it, I've it, I've enjoyed the women's more than the men's. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's a, you know, I've been saying this all season. I've, I've watched a lot more Sabre this season than mm-hmm. I've ever done before in my life. And I, I really have genuinely thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah. hopefully I'm getting marginally better at understanding what's, what's going on. So when I offer some comment, hopefully at least it makes a bit of sense. And Sabre yeah. don't just go, oh dear, yeah. what's he talking about? Well, but, I mean, I, I mean, I've always watched a bit of Sabre. I've, I've always, always have done. I've, I've kind of drifted away from it a little bit. I think, it, I think, I think it became a little bit too sort of dominating, a bit more one dimension. I think I just got a bit bored of it. Mm-hmm. But this year, because I've watched more of it, I've seen, I've seen a bit, but I still don't think I'm qualified enough to really see ye or nay to particular hits and call it and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely enjoy it. The women's saber in particular, I think I enjoy. Yeah, I think well, it's, I think it's been a really good, good season for women's saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of the various people being out. It's, it's opened up a, it's opened up the scene for a, a whole load of new names that mm. are kind of interesting, and you find out more about them, and you begin to recognise their style and what yeah. they what they do well, and what they what they can cope with, mm. and what they can make happen. And I found that a really sort of fascinating kind of journey of discovery for me yeah. in, in Sabre yeah. this year. So, uh, talking of Sabre, it's uh, it's Men's Sabre next. It is, yeah. So again, after watching quite a lot of Men's Sabre try and sort of one up on this one, I find it kind of. It all merged into one for me a little bit, and I find it hard to differentiate high quality that was higher quality than the other stuff that I was seeing. So, men's saber is all about, as you say, power and speed. So, I make this joke constantly that uh, <laughs> that basically no one knows what's happening in saber, right? In men, in men's saber, I mean, in particular, mm-hmm. it's so powerful and so fast that everyone's doing everything off intuition and reaction. I think, and the referees are just going, yeah, it must be that way, because of X and Y, right? Now, I'm going to get it in the neck for saying that. Yeah, you will, yeah. But... Okay, so you, you've got <laughs> you've got the, the, the women's epius on your case, yeah. uh, along with their coaches, and now you've got the men's sabreurs as well. Yeah, and they're pretty big guys. So. Yeah, they are. You're, you're going to get an absolute <laughs> hammering. <laughs> I, would, I would put yourself in lockdown for a few months and hope yeah. that this blows over. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to have a pause anyway. But the... <laughs> but the but I mean, actually, but, but genuinely, I think uh, men's saber is at least exciting and interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And there is stuff that happens, and you do get really interesting sort of shifts in the sort of dynamic of the game. So someone will be winning at one point, and somebody else will, and you know, it, it moves around quite a lot, and it's never boring. Let's put it that way, which is a, a bonus as far as I'm concerned. So I wasn't really sure. I I, I tried to find the the raining stuff that we were talking about, but I couldn't mm-hmm. really find it. Uh, I didn't have much time to really dig into the sort of. I wanted to see Aberdeenie fence and all this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, at the World Championships, though, I saw one of his compatriots fence. Uh, Pat Damon. Yes. Yeah. I saw him fence. I saw him win. In yeah, the, you could run through to the last eight. I think it was. Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah. So I saw him fence a couple of times, and there was a tremendous one early in the day that I just caught the end of from across the hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember off the top of the head who he beat, but he beat someone fairly good. 
And uh, the, you could just tell there was something happening at the other side of the hall. Because the whole hall on my side had gone quiet because we were tr- trying to see what's happening there. Right. And you could hear the shouts from the other side of the hall. Yeah. I just wish I could remember. I'd had time to actually dig out the particular bout and watch it, but I never did. Anyway, after watching loads of men's saber and going, oh God, I'm not sure exactly which one to pick. I actually opted for the final of Gior. Right. And that is uh, Gibbon Gill versus his compatriot O. Yep. Uh, and I thought that was a, that was a cracking one. Quite good aggressive fencing because it's all you get in Sabre. And uh, it was over fairly quick. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I included that, that fight as well as one of my, on my short list. Yeah. But seriously, it, it, it was just a good, good Sabre bout. Uh-huh. The, the league shifts around, yeah. there's, you know, there's lots of sort yeah. of passion and I, I, I enjoyed watching it, so it was good. Yeah. I mean, the reason I included it was various, various reasons for including that one. When I, I made my original shortlist, kind of to my surprise, actually, Gubon Gill appeared in all of them, winning some, not winning others. But I've actually, I've really enjoyed his fencing simply because there's something about his character. Right. You know, you could say he's almost a sort of template for Korean main saber. But there's there's more personality to him, I think, than than Kim uh-huh. or or O or any of the other yeah. uh, Korean men sabers. Plus, I think there's something about his fencing that's there's a little bit more varied. It may at one time have been all power and speed, mm-hmm. and he's still got a ridiculously massive lunge, which which still kind of takes yeah. my breath away every time he produces it. Mm-hmm. And and I felt at that stage of the season that that O's win there. A, it was a breakthrough for, for him, a young fencer just out of juniors. Mm-hmm. And I thought possibly that was going to be a slight changing in the guard. Didn't quite pan out that no. way. Cause I think who finishes the season as well, number one, um, didn't win much, but was incredibly consistent mm-hmm. on the podium at virtually everything, I think. Uh, but that, that was a really good fight. And it, it seemed like, uh, yeah, per- perhaps a changing in the guard, which didn't quite pan out that way. Yeah. But I, I found it a really interesting fight at that stage of the season. So I really enjoyed that one. The other one I thought was was good because it was less power based and more more technical and more tactical with more variety was the was the final of the world championships uh, sorry semi final of the world championships between Vincent Anstead of, of France who had a good start to the season I think again was briefly in the world number one the season kind of tailed off a bit but again mm-hmm. back on the podium at the at the world championships against the the eventual winner and probably surprise winner um, Andres Satmari of Hungary. Yeah, uh, that was a really good fight in the semi-final at the World Championships. Really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But the the one that I picked as my highlight is a is a fifteen fourteen, which kind of matches up the sort of two opposite ends of the spectrum of highly technical fencing and probably the best exponent of that against Gu. So I chose the semi-final of the Moscow Grand Prix between Aaron Shalagi of Hungary, double Olympic champion, being edged out by by Gu Bongil of, of Korea. Because right. it, it does match up the two, the two kind of extremes, if you like, of, mm. of, of men's saber as it stands at the moment. And I think that kind of best encapsulated the, the sort of struggle, if you like, between speed and power, technique and tactics. Mm. Speed and power aged it in this one, but Shalagi is still a double Olympic champion. Yeah. And his compatriot, Satmari, a similarly technical fencer, become a world champion. And I thought that was kind of the, if you like, the sort of theme of the season. And for a, for, actually, for a long time, yeah. it looked like speed and power would be on top. Koreans, Koreans had a very good season. Yeah. Kiratli's win, now which win, which one was he won one of the Grand Prix, but that was largely a power-based game. Yeah. There's a few interesting variations in there, and it, it looked for for a big chunk of the season that that's what was going to going to come out on top. Plus mm-hmm. Max Hartung winning yeah. winning the Europeans and winning one of the 
the World Cups, that that, that was what, what was going to be the sort of dominant dominant trend in men's sabre. So to see Satmari winning the World Championships for me brought a little balance back to the season. So yeah. I was quite happy to see the season end with that with that as the result. Yeah, I think and I think as the season went on, the sort of if you like the sort of the more tactical and technical countries are going to be working out how to deal with speed and power. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a struggle that I, obviously I'm a, a elite adopter to, to, yeah. to watching Sabre, but that, that, that did strike me as the, the struggle. And obviously with the, sort of with the trial of the three meter on guard mm-hmm. line, that was, uh, understood to be an attempt to, to make the, the weapon more technical mm-hmm. and less speed and power based. Yeah. Obviously it was abandoned kind of two thirds of the way through the season. Nobody was really convinced that it actually, actually worked that way. Most defenses apparently didn't, didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. But I think that that kind of struggle between yeah between yeah. those two extremes will will continue. And I'm not going to lie; it'd be really interesting to see who who emerges on top out of those. Well, next season could styles. be an interesting one. So I, I'm going to put my, my money where my mouth is here. I'm going to make sure I watch every single, at least every single last day upwards. Yeah, for men's sabre and women's sabre next year, because uh, I think I think it's about time I got back into it. If you know what I mean? And I'm not going to have to watch it through three meter sabre. So you know, yes. I'm quite happy to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you you are. Quite glad to see the back of the, oh, the, the, the three meter experiment. Yeah. Okay, so we can we can forget about three meter saber. You know. Exactly. Normal, normal rules rules apply. Exactly. I'm back in the I'm back in the room now. Good. Yeah. So I've enjoyed my my season of watching saber, and I'm I'm glad to hear that you'll mm-hmm. be watching some saber as well. So it's yeah. not just me talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Which ne- is always a bit embarrassing. Yeah. Ne- next year I'll have more to say. Let's put it that way. Good stuff. Right. So uh, foil time. Foil time, eh? Well, so we're going to start with women's foil this time. Do you want to go first in this one? Yeah. Well, I think. Again, I think it's been a, a brilliant season for women's foil. Um, and we've talked about this at various times that for a while, women's foil really wasn't that exciting to watch. Come very defensive or sort of counter time based and nobody was really prepared to have a go. Fencing styles had perhaps become a bit similar. You know, again, it was sort of this, what works? We'll narrow it down to that. We'll yeah. not do much else. Mm-hmm. But I thought this season was really, really fascinating, mm-hmm. mainly dominated by three fencers. Yeah. Certainly, the early part of the season was a you know a huge struggle between Leaky Fur, Inadera Glazova, mm-hmm. and Ariana Erigo. Yeah, and they are the three dominant women's foilists. And and watching the fence this season has been an absolute joy. There've been some other fencers who've made things exciting as well. TV of France, yeah, young Russians who who made finals or won things, but they were the they were the dominant characters. And watching the watching their progress through the season, I found yeah. really really fascinating and. Not just because of the sort of power struggle to see who's going to finish up on top, but because of the style of fencing that it's produced. Oh, I think it's been tremendous. Because in the past, if you'd asked me, sort of in in the or- the grand scheme of things, which I would prefer to watch women's epi or women's foil, I actually would have said women's epi at the top end. Yeah, and I think that's flipped for me now. I think women's foil has actually really come on so far. It's basically been. I know that women's. I was saying how much I, I did enjoy the women's epi that I did watch, but I think women's foil has been better than I've seen it in a very long time mm-hmm. um, whatever whatever the oppressive weight that was keeping women's foil down has essentially evaporated and this is the thing I was, talking, I was trying to get to with the, women, the, the women's epi thing is it's a cultural shift I think, I hope it's a cultural shift where the coaches have adopted a different style and a different approach to their game now, maybe maybe in sort of the Vitsali days where everything had sort of settled down into one mode nobody had really yeah. figured out how to break that stalemate uh, and, and now that she's maybe moved on, and some of the other Italian fans from that year have moved on a little bit, it's it's given the the sport a little bit more room to breathe. Or maybe the or maybe the 
the tactics which have been developed in the background have finally come through. Whatever yeah. has happened this year has been great, and I've loved every minute of the, the women's fall that I've watched. Right. So okay. it was a really tricky one for me to pick mm-hmm. uh, particular fights that I uh, that I wanted to highlight. Um, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go first with the one that I'm going to pick. Now, I copped out on this one because I just <laughs> picked one fight because yeah. I kind of basically I went for the final of the final Turin. Right. Because it had the two Americans in it that I really enjoyed watching at the start of the season. That's Nicole Ross and it had Lee Kiefer. Yeah. Not because it's necessarily the best fight because it's not, right? The semi-finals in Turin before then are amazing in comparison and genuinely brilliant. Well worth checking out. So, but it was kind of emblematic for me of the changing of the guard. So it was like a style choice. This is, this is what I want to see. And that's what, you know, I want to see these fast, quick, tactically astute Fences who can be aggressive, they can be passive, they can, but they can do it all, all the time. You know, if we want to pick a Rigo, if we want to pick Derigos over, these are all, this is what I want to see in women's foil. It was great. Yeah. And I really, really struggled. So I picked this because it kind of illustrated what I want to see rather than it being an actual fight worth. I would just say watch Turin because it was such a great tournament. Yeah. You know, just watch all of that. You could just pick any fight you want really in Turin. They're all pretty good. I pretty think. much. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, a lot of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. I find drawing out my shortlist for this one, and in the others, I've you know I'd narrowed my shortlist list down to, to three fights. But actually, I find that almost impossible to do because there was so much good stuff going on in women's foil. Exactly. At the end, I had to had to pick four, kind of working in reverse order. If you like the, the final of the world championships, yeah, um, only features features one of the mm-hmm. fences that we've we've mentioned as dominating things. Mm-hmm. Ina Derglazova edging it against Alisa Volpe, mm-hmm. kind of slow getting going. Derigozova had built up a big lead and it was a tremendous comeback from Volpe mm-hmm. and I really really thought she was going to make it only for Derigozova to to take the win yep. and finish the season as Olympic champion world champion again so perhaps she hasn't been the most I haven't felt as engaged by her fencing as I have with Erigo and, and Kiefer mm-hmm. but she finishes top yep. of the pile again Yeah, so that, that's very hard to, to argue with and when it came down to thirteen all into into extra time, you know, a calm head. It's a it's a an admirable quality, but it doesn't it doesn't win it for a women's foil fight of the year yeah. for me. Other ones that I thought were were great was final Europeans. Well, that was a good one as well. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a quality. Erigo edging it. Yeah, uh, against Eric Zuba mm-hmm. again. Because we a, said with we said this is potentially the the final of the world championships. Yeah, I thought it was a real possibility. Yeah. Didn't quite work out that way. They met in the semi-finals and at the World Championships, yep. and it was a, a pretty one-sided one in the end. Mm-hmm. It was a, a pity. A fight that we only mentioned in passing when we were talking about it on the on the podcast was the was the final sh- uh, of Shanghai, and again, Derek Silva uh, appears seemingly in almost all of the ones. Although my fight of the year doesn't involve okay. her, but that was a, a fifteen fourteen win for uh, Martina Battini. All right, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the reason I didn't mention it at the time was because it was being streamed on live streamed on the Olympic Channel, but then wasn't That's immediately right, available. So, so if you didn't it. see it live, you couldn't see it again for about a week later. Yeah. So having gone back to watch that, that was another another fantastic, fantastic final. I said uh, I'm gonna watch this one. Yeah, so. you really you should. It's it's a really right. good one. Again, Daryl Glazova is just about over the line. She's fourteen ten up, mm-hmm. and Bettini. Battles our way back into it. I mean, well worth going and going and tracking down because that's a, a properly good one. And, and again, a, a winner outside of the 
the dominant sort of big three in women's yeah. foil, and uh, really enjoyed that one. But my fight of the year goes back early, and it's it's from a competition that that you mentioned as pick almost any fight. This is really good, mm-hmm. and it was the semi final of the Turing Grand Prix yeah. between Erigo and Kiefer. And I, I think at the time I described it as being uh, a defensive masterclass from from Kiefer because right from the start Erigo is right off we go. Then the piece, I'll go hit with the attack. Yeah. And Kiefer came up with almost every variation you could think of to disrupt that, to break that up. Yeah. Stop hits, counter-attacks, parry reposts, and a final flat-out attack from word, from the word go, the final hit. Yeah. So there was, there was everything in it almost entirely done in Lee Kiefer's half of the piece. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a tremendous fight. And that, for me, was the moment where I really thought, women's foil looks great. Yeah, it's going to be a great season. I'm looking like, forward like I to said, the whole thing. Like I said, just about any fight. There. I mean, the, uh, maybe in the other ones, there's some boring ones. That I don't know. I didn't really pay that much attention to that that part of the tournament. But th- those two semi-finals are terrific. Yeah. Ensuring they're absolutely worth your time. And I only copped out because I couldn't make a decision. Basically, yeah. I just copped out. You know. <laughs> yeah, there's almost too many to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, a really, really good season for women's foil. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I've come back to it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So men's foil now. Yeah, so final one, it's the weapon that I watch the most of, the yep. one I, I follow most closely and probably have the sort of the best understanding of, if you like. And again, it's been another fantastic season. Yeah, it's my number two. So, you know, I, I've always liked a bit of men's foil. So I think it's been, again, it has definitely been a terrific season for foil in general, I think. Men's foil has been, I don't think it quite panned out how I thought it was. I thought there'd be a lot more, we'd hear a lot more of the Americans, do you know what I mean? I thought I expected there to be nothing but America, America, America all the way through, and it didn't okay. work out that way. I think there are various reasons for that. Garrett Meinhardt has is now now got a proper job. Yep, so he's got <laughs> stuff to do. Yep. So he's his results this season haven't been as good as they have been in mm-hmm. previous years, which is is understandable. It'll be interesting to see how um, how well up the rankings he can keep mm-hmm. himself now that he's you know he's kind of entered the real world, um, and whether he you know how, how well he can do that. That's that's going to be a mm-hmm. A real challenge for him because he'll be one of the very few, I would think, yeah. at the top end of men's foil who have a, a proper day job. Mm-hmm. But, but they're not really sort of fired off as as much as I thought they were because they were looking really strong last year. Obviously, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm not disregarding Italy and Russia here. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I just thought well, there'd be a lot we'd hear a lot more, but it hasn't quite panned out. You see, you had Italy, you got Russia, but then you start to hear from some of the other nations as well. Yeah. I, I like think Japan, for example. I know. think because of the setup, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the interview that I did with Dan Kellner, mm-hmm. is that it's actually very difficult for American fencers to be full-time fencers. It takes a huge amount of commitment. You've got to chase after sponsors. You do get some support from the US Olympic Committee. And the year after the Olympics is always going to be a difficult time for American fencers. Mm-hmm. Alex Massialis had taken a year out of college in the run-up to the Olympics. That's studying that full time yeah. this year, so he missed a few competitions. Yeah, uh, was doing less training. Still finishes the year as, as world number one, but maybe not not as dominant as you might have expected. Yeah, I don't know, that's, that's maybe a bit harsh. You know, you yeah. finish the year as world number one. You know, what do you want? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe, that's maybe, right. Maybe not standing there holding all the shiny things, but he's been so consistent. He's still number one. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so anyway, I, I really struggled to pick out my my highlights here. There's so many. There's been so many great events in men's foil throughout yeah. the year. I picked up my top one just because every time I thought about men's foil, I always thought about this particular moment in the year. And again, it's Turin, and it was when Fukuni won. Yeah. Now, Fukuni was on a blinder that day, and mm-hmm. 
immense throughout the day. Looked absolutely tremendous. And maybe the rest of his season hasn't been quite as good, right? It's been good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. He's meddled, he's meddled and all that kind of stuff. But I just, just something lovely about him winning. He just looks so happy to be there for a start. I'm quite sort of chirpy about it. And at the end, him and his coach, just like the old pals who'd met across a bar or something like that. Yeah. It was just great. Uh, and the atmosphere was fantastic. Everyone was happy. Uh, I just, it was fantastic, right? All the men's A grades and, and Grand Prix were, had terrific fights all through them. So it yeah. was an absolute nightmare picking highlights. But Turin again, I think it was just, there was just loads and loads of good stuff in there. Yeah. I think it was good to have a, a breakthrough moment for, I mean, Fukuni's not a new fencer. He's been nope. in the Italian squad for a long time, but yep. he wasn't in the, the Italian team for the Olympics to see, so to see him stepping up, taking a Grand Prix yep. win comparatively early in the season, mm-hmm. the obviously, de- the obvious delight in, in doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, you agree. I, I'd agree with you. It was a, a sort of real refreshing moment to, to have a, have a new face at the top of the podium yeah. and, uh, you know. So for a, me, that was a, a real highlight. Result. Yeah. Really high- and I mean, we can pick one of our urban moments where he carries his entire team on his little shoulders. Victory. <laughs> yeah. Just pick one. I mean, I, mean, we, I love those ones. You know, we are going to have a look at our our favourite team yeah. match of the year, and I'm I'm sure Irwin and the French men's foil team are are likely to feature yeah. at least as uh, as contenders for mm-hmm. for best match. Yeah. Um, what about you, Sean? Yeah. Again, this was a a difficult one picking out picking out a short list of highlights because there were so many yeah fantastic matches. Ones that I've gone for. Final of the World Cup in Paris. Yes, yeah, good one. <laughs> Alex, yeah. Alex Masialis mm-hmm. scraps his way back in it against against Timor Safin yeah. to eventually take a fifteen fourteen win. Mm-hmm. That's that's included on my highlights. A because it was a brilliant match, two fences in in great form, and because I was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Cloud, clouds my judgment a little bit, but it was it was a superb atmosphere yeah. in Paris, obviously, and and two fences absolutely the, the top of their game and mm-hmm. a, a a nail biting finish. It was a uh, that was quality because it, it did it hinge on that great. last moment. Yeah, and Safin looked in, in fantastic form, and mm-hmm. I still can't quite work out how, how Marcellus managed to managed to take the win there. It was um, a fantastic final, but equally well, you could you could pick the final of the Long Beach Grand Prix where Safin reverses that and takes a fifteen fourteen win against yeah, Marcellus. That, well. well. I mean, that, that was another good one. Another another really good fight. Close fights between two really evenly matched opponents. So this is the problem: is there's so many qualities so high at the top. Yeah, that there's so many great fights as a result of that. Yeah, that it's really highlights. hard, really hard to pick them. Really, really yeah. hard. Another nail biter at the World Championships, and not a final quarter, quarter final this one, mm-hmm. uh, but would have made a great final. Grotso against Imboden. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I was actually at the wrong end of the hall oh, right, to see okay. this really well. Yeah, but you could, you could. Sort of feel the atmosphere. The fight went on mm-hmm. a long time. Imboden ahead for for most of it, and again a struggle and a battle. You know, yeah. there was a, a lot of noise, a lot of passion, a lot of, a lot of shouting. And I went back and watched it afterwards, and watching it in video really captures just about how how good it was. You mm-hmm. know, you don't obviously get the same feeling of what the atmosphere was like no. in the hall, but it was a, a brilliant fight and. I would recommend anyone watching that again because contrasting styles between the, the two of them well yeah. with the sort of more fluent Imboden and the sort of staccato, super slow preparation from, from yeah. Garozzo. Uh, I really enjoyed that contrast. That was, that was a tremendous fight with Garozzo just edging it at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, I thought that was a, a superb fight and one that I would, would highly recommend. But I'm going to declare a final bit of bias in my, my highlight of the season uh-huh. was not Richard Cruz winning the final in Shanghai, but his semi-final win Against Erwin Lepeshu. Oh, uh, yeah, two, that's right, yeah. Two, two of my favourite fencers, 
produced that was a, great. A, a tremendous battle. And I, I said at the time, I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. You shouldn't be really. No, no. But, but it was Erwin. I was like, oh, come on, Erwin. You know, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Richard's our man. Richard is our man. Yeah. I, 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 my colours were sort of half nailed to the mask, but yeah. You know. <laughs> terrible gap, absolutely yeah. terrible. But yeah, I, I thought that was a fantastic fight, and then it was followed up with the uh, Richard winning the final against against Fukuni. Yeah, and he he was just in fantastic form and, and just looked unstoppable that mm-hmm. day. So that was in men's form my my season's highlight in a really a season of highlights. Oh, it was a, it was a tremendous year. I mean, as I say, we've had a great men's epi year and a great men's foil year, uh, a great year in in both sabers. Just women's epi's trailing a little bit behind. I think it's our. Disappointment of the year. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well. Onwards and upwards. Yep. You've, teams. You've heard from us. Yeah, teams. So what, what I suggested was that we picked a single team match in any weapon <sighs> for what your your season's highlight in the teams was. Because, I mean, teams are obviously a, a huge part of fencing. I mean, roughly mm-hmm. half the... I mean, obviously, new teams at the, at the Grand Prix, but all the World Cups have yep. individuals and teams. It's easier to win a... A medal at teams because obviously there are, there are fewer teams taking yeah. part. So I, th- I thought this was a, a genuine challenge, and in some ways a bit different from trying to pick out a highlight of a single weapon. So yeah. which which team match? Oh, see, like everyone talk, been talking and talking and talking about in the in the the World Championships and you know Switzerland versus Hungary being some sort of epic, brilliant match. Mm-hmm. But it's only brilliant for one leg. It's that's a when, it's an epic, brilliant single leg out of a, an otherwise pretty cagey match. Yeah, and I've been seeing how great men's epi was, but that was a total snorefest yeah. up until that point. <laughs> However, the semi-final across the way was brilliant against uh, France versus Russia. Yeah. And it's well worth anyone's time. If you want to see some exciting epi, go and have a look at that one instead. It's good all the way through. It's fine. Okay, and then but, you can switch over for the last yeah, switch two, back to two and a half minutes of... Uh, yeah, and watch uh, Max going mad. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm not going to pick epi on this one. I'm just going to say, let's just pick an urban... Men's foil team, you know, <laughs> any any French foil team match where our one carries his team to glory, yeah, which is every single one, as far as I can tell, near enough, not far off. Oh, there's not one of Enzo. Enzo scores those points in one of them. If you're going to pick a a Lepeshu foil masterclass, probably the final of the European Championships yeah, in I that think case, so. yeah, where he leads France to a a forty five forty three win, I think it was against mm-hmm. against Russia yeah. and his. Personal indicator of the match, I think, was plus 15. Yeah. He was the team, essentially. Not he, far off it, yeah. yeah. He was basically winning all their points for them. Yeah. I mean, that that was impressive. And uh, and the Russians looked like they were thinking, oh my God, why is this not over yet? And then that last... Yeah. Then this little French guy keeps appearing and beating us all. What is going on? Yeah. Exactly. They, I mean, they should know. They should know by now. <laughs> they should know. I mean, they if, if they were smart, they, they would they would take out a, take out a hit on... On the Peshu and get oh, rid of him. Oh, don't, don't see that. We love, we love Urban. Yeah, we, we do. Him. We yeah. do. But can you imagine how the Russians must feel about it? Maybe perhaps not quite so affectionate. Yeah. I mean, the other one I considered for this was the uh, US men's foil, no, sorry, US men's sabre team one, where they lose 45 44. Oh, for the bronze medal or yeah. in the semi final? Oh, oh, I can't remember which one it was. At uh, the World Championships. The World anyway. Championships, yeah. yeah. Where Daryl Hormel had been shot from the, the sidelines. Talking of hits, yeah. Yeah. He just collapsed on the piste. Just it, it all gone out of him at that point. Yeah, that was a that was a quality quality bit of work there. Yeah, no, that I agree. That was that was a tremendously yeah. exciting match and a a really strong result from the US men's saber team. Yeah, but I think I'm still going to stick with my, sit with my guns. I want to have an urban mention. Okay, so you, you, 
I mean, I've, I've kind of guided you towards that. That one, that one that you just the, said. The European, one. <laughs> European final. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he he did provide a lot of fireworks for the men's foil teams. Yeah. And a team that without him, you suspect, would be lagging a long way behind. Maybe slightly unfair. No, you're not. You're right. No, absolutely I, I bang think on. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. What? Thinking back on all the all the team matches I watched this season, including. You know, some amazing surprises. The Czech Republic's win at the Men's Epi in mm-hmm. Vancouver. Oh, I think about that one. It wasn't a genuinely exciting match as such no. in terms of a whole lot of amazing fencing. But the fact that it was such a surprise to see Czech Republic winning mm-hmm. made it stand out as no one that, God, that was, that was yeah, one, one I could look back on with sort of genuine fondness. Yeah. And of course, the Iranian men's Sabre team winning in, in Dakar mm-hmm. yeah. right at the start of the season. Again, another shock and a tremendous run of wins as well. They were actually, if you decide that the Iranian men's Sabre teams win there was maybe your team highlight of the season, which match would you pick out of their, their wins against USA, Korea and Italy? Their, their run to victory. Exactly. It's just incredible. Yeah. So kind of picking any one of those would, would be difficult. But in the end, uh, the match that really stood out for me as my sort of team highlight of the, the whole season wasn't one of the senior events at all. all it right. was the final of the, Men's foil at the Junior World Championships, yeah, USA, USA against Japan, mm-hmm. which I thought was just about, yeah, I mean, it was, I think, the most exciting match that I watched all season. Yeah, because I think at the time you said, get on and watch this now because this is brilliant. Yeah. I think you said that at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, a, a 45-44 win for the USA. Mm-hmm. They were up for most of the match, down going into the final one. Oh, no, sorry, up going into the final one. Yeah. Managed to lose that that lead mm-hmm. to go quite a long way down Japan, just about over the line, yeah. and a fantastic comeback from uh, Jeffrey Charette of the mm-hmm. of the USA, including a a nerveless hit to finish it with. Yeah, uh, looked a, a fantastic match at the time, and as I say, when I was looking back at the whole season as a, a match that totally captured my imagination, that was the one, and it's given even more context just a few months later when. Two of the the Japanese team take silver and bronze in the individual at the world at senior world championship. Yeah. It just shows what an, uh, an amazing win that was for the USA team. Mm. So that was that was my team highlight for the season. A slightly surprising one. Yeah. So when I sat down to think about it, I never considered thinking back to juniors. And d- yeah. I never thought about it at all. So. Yeah. There was one that just popped in my mind. That was a brilliant match. Yeah. One that one that had me on the the edge of my seat. I think more than more than any other any other in any weapon at seniors throughout throughout the season. So yeah, surprised myself with that one. Wow, cool. So that's our season done. Yeah. On our on our list of things to talk about, uh, you want to have a quick chat about some online resources before we move on to the next part. Well, obviously we are an award-winning podcast. Yes. We've been running for nearly a year now. Mm-hmm. Apparently thousands of you are listening, Hooray. which is uh, kind of surprising and delightful. Yeah, well, we, we might have just lost a few women's epias today. Yeah, we may have lost about a sixth of our audience, although you've been quite insulting about them at fairly regular intervals, so they may have, you know, kind of drifted off already. Oh, just ignoring me. Ah, oh, it's just that yeah. Scott, Scottish guy again. Well, yeah, yes. if they try harder, we'll be nicer about them. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you've been saying? <laughs> Is that a fair summary of your position? Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, well, I don't want to put words into your mouth. But yeah, so aside from us, other things that you should go and look at online, mm-hmm. I think. Lots of stuff on YouTube. I mean, we, we watch most of our fencing on, on YouTube or occasionally Daily Motion if we really have to. Yep. Come on, come on, French Federation, try harder. Get, yes. Get, yeah. get with the rest of the, the rest of the world and, and put your stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Or just find some way of making it a bit more understandable. 
so yeah, so obviously with the, the the various various channels here, so you got what FIE. FIE Fencing Channel now, isn't it? Not FIE Videos. Uh, yes, that's right. FIE Fencing Channel. Yeah. Fencing Vision. I don't know what the split is between Fencing Vision and the, and the FIE. Is it like a separate organisation? Uh, well, fen- Fencing Vision is run by Tristan Muller. Right. Who produces all the live feeds for the Grand Prix for the FIE. Right, okay. So quite often you'll get the same things appearing on, on Fencing Vision and uh, FIE's oh, right, okay. channel. But you'll get more stuff that Fencing Vision do for other World Cups. Right, okay. So various other ones, Capcom, Roost Fencing mm-hmm. TV, and one that's not not exactly producing live streams, but producing interesting and, and amusing and entertaining mm-hmm. commentary and analysis uh, is Sydney Sabre's All right. Sydney Sabre Centre's channel. I spoke to Frances Chow from uh, Sydney Sabre earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. and the, the videos that she produces on there well, are... We have had a few chuckles from her right enough. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely. Know. But some interesting, not just not just laughs, but actually interesting analysis as well. Yeah, you know, a, a big help for me as a, as a relatively novice saber watcher mm-hmm. to to get a better, better understanding of what's going on. So lots of good good stuff on there. I think what I'm going to add in uh, into our list would be the Olympic fencing channel. So the Olympic channel, I should say, because uh-huh. some of the little fence, the little videos which are about fencing are quite amusing. Oh, that's I, I just true. Like yes. watching them. Yeah, you I know. forgot about that. Actually. Yeah, because yeah. obviously on the FIE's channel, you've also got the the magazine show. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been a, a really useful addition. Uh, I mean, my only qualm with that was I'd like to see it come out just a little bit quicker. Much after quicker. Events. Well, okay, yeah. Within about a week, I think, is, is what you really want. It's a push. There's a lot of content in that, too. I know, but they just need to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the Olympic channel I like because I like the, the little snippets that they do about various mm. little bits and bobs and things like that. And I find it quite amusing. It's not maybe not educational. You're not maybe going to learn a lot about fencing, but you are going to be entertained. Yeah. Plus, you get a bit more of a, an idea of the character of the fencers yeah. involved as well, which is always a good thing. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got a sport which uh, you have two opponents facing each other, both wearing masks, you need to be paying quite a lot of attention to to notice a whole load of difference between them. Yeah. So, seeing them in front of camera with their masks off, just being themselves, I think is is mm-hmm. a good thing. It helps to to broaden the appeal of the sport and yeah. give you a better better insight to what these what yes. these guys are actually like. Would uh, you like them? So, for, uh, so some blogs. Mm-hmm. Betfencer.com, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, really yeah, like very one. good. Uh, Jason Rogers, uh-huh. Olympic silver medalist for, yeah. for the USA, producing a, a really good blog and lots of interesting articles lots, and, lots and features. Lots of stuff about training and you know, what, what fencing should be about. Yeah, it covers all right. sorts of things. It's, it's not, it doesn't have a sort of single focus, but yeah, mm-hmm. lots of interesting stuff in there, so I would highly recommend that one. Mm-hmm. The Fencing Coach. The Fencing Coach, again, loads of, loads of interesting stuff. Also writes for Fencing Net. Yes, indeed. There's also stuff from fencing that, but you have to kind of know what you're looking for because most people will go there for the forums, but they do produce news articles as well. There's yeah. like a front page for them. So, yeah. And then finally, obviously, our sponsors, uh, uh, Lee and Paul, have got a blog, which is quite good. They yeah, again. all kinds of stuff on that. So, yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff in there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think those are probably our, our three favourite fencing blogs. If we missed any, do let us know. I'm sure there's more out there. There must be people out there that we just don't know about, I think. Yep. You're doing interesting things. I don't know what that would be. Because we don't know about it yet, but when we know about it, we'll tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, please. I mean, please feel free to expand our horizons. I mean, yeah. if, we've, if we've missed any real obvious stuff that you know about, that you think we should be keeping an eye on, then then please let us know. Yeah, many moons ago, there used to be a really great cartoon called uh, Super Super Super, an Australian woman Super that I know, 
and it was absolutely hilarious. But she hasn't written it now in 15 years. Oh, so I, I, okay. yeah, that'd be something I'd like to recommend, but you'd have to really know your internet to find it. So we want some, we want to see a return of some cartoon fencing. Yeah, brilliant. It'd be great if we can. Okay. Well, there's, there's a challenge for somebody. Uh, other sort of journalistic style output. It's our pals at wheelofencing.com. Yeah, the Illuminati of the fencing world. So yes. don't really quite know who they are, but mm-hmm. if you're looking for reports of what's happening at the World Cups and Grand Prix, that's, that is the place to go because it gives the, the best write-ups of, of what's actually been happening. So, you know, while we talk about it, they write about it mm-hmm. largely much more eloquently than, than we talk about it. So, bah. But they're not an award-winning <laughs> podcast. No, that is true. They are not an award-winning <laughs> podcast, like we are. Exactly. Yeah, but we like, we like their, their reports. I think they're the, the, the best reporters of, of what's happening in, yes. in world fencing out there. We're obviously on Instagram. Uh, we are, yeah. Gav, you're you've been posting some stuff, some have, of your photographs from so, from the World Championships, looking well. They look great, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't spread as many on on our actual Instagram channel as I wanted to. Over the next week, I will put lots more up. Cool. Okay, so I'll share some of the stuff that I put on my own. My my own my own feed is Anti Fencer is my my nickname on Instagram. So you, if you were to look at that, you'd see lots of pictures from Leipzig. But what I'll do is I'm going to start putting up some extra pictures onto our own ones, maybe ones that are slightly different, in fact, okay. for a bit of variation. So I'm going to put some more on there. That was one of the reasons I went, obviously, was to actually get us uh, some good imagery to share because, uh, you know me, I'm a little picky about the imagery that I see in fencing. So there's that. I like following all the all the fencers, although it is, dare I say, holiday season for all the fencers it, right it now. It is off-season, so you get a lot of beach photos. Yep. And everybody looking glamorous on the beach, which yep. is... I'm not at all jealous about... Yeah, I am jealous. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah I am yeah, totally yeah, jealous Yeah, I am too, that. actually. Yeah. But I, actually, interest, the interesting thing, if you do fall, start to follow the fencers, you get little in, insights into training, which I find quite interesting. Not all, Some of them is stage-managed. Max's social media channels are brilliant because he does little training videos and things like yeah. that. But if you keep an eye on some of these Instagram feeds, you actually get some really interesting insights into how these people are training and what they're doing. I think. Yeah. I mean, social media is a funny thing, obviously, because you get to present your own image, your own, yes. what you want to the world. Yeah. So with some of the fencers that, that follow, particularly on Instagram, there's almost no clue that they're fencers whatsoever. They will have photos of almost everything other than them fencing. Yeah. There's lots of pictures of them having nice meals in places and dressing yeah. nicely and you're hanging out with their pals and... These are things that you're supposed to use Instagram for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the nerdier fencers definitely talk about their fencing. Via, yes, that's yeah. true. It's, true. And it's well worth looking into. Actually, Liam Paul have got a really good Instagram feed as well. That's Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. The, the, I think it's Liam Paul Sabre, I think it's under. It is mostly. They seem to have a few, but yeah, that's one that seems to be that uh, one's quite active posted, anyway. posted most, most regularly. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's usually some interesting bits and bobs. I don't think you describe it. Stuff on there, anyway. Um, and the other, the other interesting... Regular contributors on Instagram are the various national federations. Yeah, French Federation really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italian Federation really good. USA fencing pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the others that you might expect to do a bit more, not not nearly yeah, so active. I, mean, I know find... you were, you were hoping to find more from Japanese and Korean fencing. Nothing and just nothing. Well, yeah. the Japanese Federation are active on Twitter, right? But it's all in Japanese, and that doesn't translate well on Google. No, uh, so it gets a bit no, confusing. Right. But what they're actually talking about, I've tried to follow it, but I. Can't get my head around it. Yeah. Uh, they do have, they've got like five pictures on Instagram. So they don't use it as heavily. You expect these high tech Japanese and Korean federations to have massive, massive amounts of social media stuff going mm-hmm. on. They just don't seem to. I don't know what's going on there. 
Maybe they couldn't care less. It's yeah. interesting winning things. Uh, I mentioned Cocky Cano earlier on. Yeah. Uh, I found him on Instagram. All right, okay. And uh, exactly five pictures. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he updated his Instagram feed today and it was a picture of a dog. So, oh, I like know, dogs. Yeah, it's just a, it's a picture of a small dog. A small, fluffy thing. Anyway, okay. So, it is, it is a, an odd kind of... Looking around at social media, there are some really odd things that you find. Yeah. The good. Entertaining. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, like, I like the strangeness of the internet. Let's that way, so. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Right. So, we're at the end of our year. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about our season. Yep. We have, throughout the year, we have nominated at various points who you think is our, our current coolest fencer. Yeah. I mean, the coolest fencer on the planet is clearly a massive accolade, not something that we hand out lightly. No, no. But well, and there are yeah, lots of rules. Yeah, lots of entirely arbitrary rules, and they do change to change from yeah. one episode to the next. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, it probably is time to pick both a male and female coolest fencer of the season. Okay, so w- will we start with the men? Okay, yeah. Who are we going to have in the men's for a coolest fencer? Well, I when I was thinking about this, a couple of fencers that I think have been cool throughout the season, whether they're winning or not, One's an obvious one because I've nominated him virtually every single episode, I think, whether there's been a good reason for me to do it or not, mm. is Arwan Lepeshu. And I'm with you on that one. And the other one, when I, I came down to thinking about my highlights from Sabre, when I made my initial shortlist, he appeared in every single fight that I <laughs> that I yeah. thought about. Yeah. And that's Korean men's Sabrar Gubon Gil. All right. Simply because he's... His style's obviously very physical. He is mm-hmm. your archetypal Korean men's sabreur. But he's got a real personality about him and the piece that I found immensely likable. Win or lose, there's always something about him that I mm-hmm. that I liked. And as the season wore on and I watched more Sabre, I was kind of increasingly delighted and drawn to to Goo as a as a fencer and a personality. Okay. So he he would be my other okay. my other nomination for uh- Coolest fencer on the planet. One which I probably could have picked Erwin as a contender for this. Yeah. Kind of halfway through the season. But kind of late in the day, I think Goo's mm-hmm. right in there as a... I think... As another. I want to, I want to chuck in an epist anyway. Mm-hmm. Just because I have to. Uh, <laughs> just because you feel just provide a bit of balance. I mean, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Max fanboy. You'd expect me to throw in of Max. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we're all talking about Max, Matt, that, that leg and that particular match. Brilliant. But actually, I don't, I don't want to not nominate Max over the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one fencer who's been solid and consistent throughout the year is actually Yannick Burrell. And I, there is something, I, I just have been, I've enjoyed watching Yannick. He's okay. a quality fencer. Uh, he's not 102, as it turns out. He's only 28. Yes, I know. I, th- I thought, I did think at the time when you said that, you know, oh, he's yeah ancient. Yeah, ancient. I thought, that's not right. Yeah. You know, I, look, everybody has a reading problem, okay? Mm. Uh, and to make it up for him, I'm, I'm going to actually nominate him as a sort of over the year as being one of as my coolest epiest of the year. I okay. Uh, he may not have won everything, but I have really enjoyed watching him fence. Okay. Does that make him cool, though? Uh, well, it does my books. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. If you want a steward's inquiry, I mean, like, if we want to talk about utterly cool fences, I'm just going to throw Yama again just because I love his cheeky chappy attitude. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he's had but, he does, he does, he, but he's not been winning enough, so I, I can't. He's not been anywhere near the top. Okay. Enough well, for, all right, let's, let's let's cut to the chase then before we try and get into a, a deep philosophical conversation about what constitutes cool. Uh, yeah, you know, and clearly with us as arbiters mm-hmm. of what's cool, that's probably not it's not a, a debate we really want to have. Mm-hmm. So, 
Cool Spencer's season mains. Okay. Uh, my vote goes for Irwin. Yeah, we know it's going to be. It's going to be Irwin. Irwin yeah. Lepeshu, coolest fencer on the planet. Yeah. 2016, 2017 season. Well done, Irwin. Yeah, had to be. Mm-hmm. So and the women. For the women, oh, a tricky one. I'm going to nominate uh, Lee Kiefer mm-hmm. because she has forcibly opened my eyes to women's foil again. Uh, and it's been absolutely tremendous to watch throughout the year. There's something about the way that she fences, which I just really enjoy. It's yep. just, I just can't get enough of watching Lee Kiefer fence. So uh, that's my nomination. Okay, one and only. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I mean, I came up with a couple, and Lee Kiefer was one of them as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we can probably guess where, where we're going to go with for the, the final decision oh, right, on this okay. one. <laughs> However, the other one that I was going to nominate was uh, Olga Carlan. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. absent from most mm-hmm. of the season, pitches up, wins a World Cup, wins, wins a World Championships at the yeah. end of the season. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. Turn up. What are you kids been up to? Right, enough of that. I'm, yeah. I'm back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's cool for me. I mean, the, the only other sort of fence that I might want to chuck in here now that I think about this might be Ariana Rigo. Uh-huh. Because she's on foil and saber. I think that's just cool. And I still, I'm just I just disappointed it didn't pan out. That's true, actually, yeah. I wanted that to pan out so well. I just wanted her to suddenly be having to fence two different events in the World Championships. I thought that would have been amazing. But yeah. When was the last time anybody did that? But maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. Originally, I was going to go, well, it's pretty straightforward. Olga Carlan was pretty cool, but Lee Kiefer, over the course of the season, has been probably a female fencer that I've most looked forward to, to watching fence. Mm-hmm. But now that you threw in the... Arigo watch. Arigo watch on Sabre, I'm suddenly a bit torn. Mm. What are you going for? I don't think I saw enough of Arigo fencing Sabre to confidently say that. Totally cool what she was doing. Yeah. But I still want to go for Lee Kiefer because between her and Nicole Ross, the two of them and the rest of the women's foil scene have really opened my eyes again to women's foil. Okay. And I think that's in, and I'm not saying that lightly. So I want to go for Lee Kiefer because now now I'm a fan. I'm going to watch her in the next season. Definitely. She's right up there. Okay. No, I think, yeah, I think that's fair enough, actually. Yeah. Okay. So Lee Kiefer, coolest friends from the planet. Wow. Cool. That was easy. We'll have to sort them out with a, uh, an Easter egg or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? A cabbage key egg. I meant a cabbage key egg. Right, okay. An Easter uh, egg. Gab, it's August. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can go year round now. Anyway, so we're going to have a hiatus now. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it is off-season. Mm-hmm. People are still topping up their tans. Yeah. A few people edging back into training amongst the seniors. Juniors get underway actually really, really pretty soon. Only a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, the first Junior World Cup of the season is... Men's and women's foil at the Eden Cup in London. Mm-hmm. But the first of the, the senior action, also foil, uh, women's foil in Cancun in middle of October. Yeah. And really hoping for better coverage to start the season than Cancun managed to provide last year. Well, let's hope I, not- I have come back to regularly throughout the season yeah. saying, please, Cancun, well, try a bit harder. Was Cancun not also the one that only had some like 20 entries in it? No, 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 no. Was that, was that another one, was it? That, that was, one of the junior ones, I think. Was it San Marino? I can't even remember where it was. Can't but remember. yeah, there's a few. Uh, yeah. I'm sure this this may be sort of a recurring theme each season. We look at some of the some of the events and go, that's not very good. Yeah, but I'm hoping that Cancun's going to do a whole load better in terms mm. of its coverage than they managed last year. So I think we'll probably wait until we've had Cancun and maybe a, another senior World Cup or two before we're yes. we're back on the air. So so sometime in October. Probably, yeah, late late October. I think mm-hmm. you'll like to hear from us again. So our thank yous. Thank you to all of you for listening. It's been a... It's been a good year. It's been a good year, yeah. yeah it's, it's been a good year. I've really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. When we started this at the start of the year, I didn't think I'd end up in Leipzig at World Championships. No, exactly. Yeah. So I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I certainly didn't think we would have thousands of people tuning in to listen to our opinion. Yeah. Who knows whether the opinions are actually any good or, t- mm-hmm. or not, but we're, we're going to keep giving them anyway, so keep tuning in. Please feel free to tell your friends as well, because we'd like a few thousand more. Mm-hmm. That always helps. Certainly didn't think we'd have a sponsor. No, uh, that was a bit of a surprise too, so many thanks to Liam Paul. Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic for us. Yeah, very supportive actually. It was good seeing speaking to them in Leipzig. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've known Ben and Alex for a while now, so it was really nice to actually see them again. Yeah, good chat from them, mm-hmm. and yeah, their, their support's made a, a huge difference. I also didn't expect this to have a Patreon thing going on. And having patrons, what's that all about? Yeah, I know. That's an old position, but um, I, I certainly, when I, when I sort of found out about Patreon, I thought, well, let's let's see. I mean, people if people like what we're doing, yeah. and they can make a little contribution to help yeah. us do, to do a little bit more, mm-hmm. that's that's a great thing. I mean, I would love it if some more of you, you came and joined our supporters on Patreon, because mm-hmm. that, that can make us... Well, that can give us more that we can do. And that's yeah. that's really what it's all about. We're um, hoping to go to the yeah. I think we're exotic locations. Yeah, we've we've postponed buying our yacht, but yeah. we would like to get to a few more World Cups and Grand Prix simply because it gives us a a better insight into what's happening. So mm-hmm. if you can help us do that, that would be very much appreciated. Yes, and I think that's us for the year. You can obviously find us on uh, Facebook at the Fancy Podcast. We're also online, obviously, on our site, thefancypodcast.com. Uh, and on Twitter, uh, as just Fencing Podcast. Obviously, we're on Instagram as well. You'll catch us yeah. there. I would say particularly particularly in the next few few weeks, Instagram is going to be a, a good place to go to see Gav's photographic handiwork from, from Leipzig. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing, yeah, definitely seeing more of that. Yeah. I think that's us now. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to email us. I don't think we... I, I never did hear from very many FPS about their... Uh, the, the None of them rushing forward to confess, no. 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 And, no. I'm, and I'm like a priest. But you may hear it. from a few more FPS, particularly the women's side, after this this particular episode is. Well, you can email us at thefencingpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. I look forward to seeing the torrent of abuse that you get from them. <laughs> so that'll do us for this time. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you again at the end of October. Mm-hmm. So enjoy the break and we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.